Okay, so um, we're going to continue on with uh, Better Together, and, um, but first let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we're able to come into your presence and worship you this morning. I pray that you would be with each and every one of us and speak to us in a way that we would be able to apply this to our lives, and Father, touch our lives and be glorified with our worship. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <clears throat> okay, so the, uh, the passages we have this morning are two verses. Kind of struggle with putting it with the uh, better together, but it's actually kind of talking about true friendship, and it's Proverbs 27, verses 5 and 6. Um, so Proverbs 27, five and, uh, verses 5 and 6 state, An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. So um, really what these what we're going to be looking at with these two verses is the fact that it talks about true friendship. And there are two important parts to true friendship. Love and truth. Um, so love and truth. You ever notice that it's easier to get along with people that you love? I mean, that's usually a really good thing. Uh, Jesus summed up the law and the prophets in Matthew chapter 22 by saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your body. And then goes on and says, and love your neighbor as yourself. So, you know, Jesus summed up pretty much everything with the Old Testament with love God and love people. So, when you think about it like that, the Beatles had it right when they sang, all you need is love. The problem is, love requires a lot of work. Um, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do sometimes. And then, you know, when you add the fact that Jesus said, love your neighbor, or uh, love your enemies, love those who persecute you. So it's like we're supposed to love everybody. So some people are a lot easier to love than others. Um, back when I was de uh, deployed, my wife sent me a book to read, and it was The Five Love Languages by Gary Smalley. And at first I'm like, okay, well, you know, we've been married for a while. Why do I need to read this book? And as I read, it's like the light bulb came on. It's like, oh, I realized... You know, I don't always show joy th that I love her in a way that she understands. And so, so it takes some work, and it kind of rem I, love requires work, and relationships require work, either romantic or just friendships. But relationships require a lot of work. There's a couple that went in to see, the, uh, see their pastor for some marriage counseling, and the wife was just so upset, she was distraught, and she, you know, she said the, uh, you know, told all of her problems. She's just sobbing and said, he doesn't love me anymore. You know, it's like, you know, he told me he, he loved me and we got married and, you know, we've gone on and, you know, we've been married for 20 years now and he never says I love you. And so the man sat there and he said, I told you when we got married that I love you and I would let you know when I changed my mind. So I don't see what the problem is. Love requires work. Relationships re require work. You have to keep going with it. Um, you know, today we have, so many people have social media, you know, so I got to looking the other night and I have like 528 friends on Facebook. But when you stop and think about it, most of those people don't know me. And flip side of it, I don't know most of them either. You know, so the, you know, we could probably argue that they're really not true friends. Uh, while social media is good, we need to have true friendships that we have true relationships with 
and true interaction on, on a regular basis. You know, one of the issues with social media is that there are many things that are posted that aren't true. Um, Abraham, once, Abraham Lincoln once said, and, and I quote this, the problem with quotes on the internet is that they are very hard to, uh, to ver- it's very hard to identify or verify their authenticity. Let me try that again. So Abraham Lincoln said, the problem with quotes on the internet is that it is very hard to verify their authenticity. Um, so yeah, you know, so a lot of times with relationships, not only do we have a problem with the whole love aspect, but we have a problem with the truth. Uh, the truth can be relative to a person's viewpoint. Um, you know, and so we really, a lot of times then, we really aren't seeking God's truth. And we have to be able to look at it and see what God's truth is. Today, we are politically correct in almost every aspect of our lives. You know, we never, we don't want to offend anybody and we're real careful about various things. Just this last week, the American Library Association announced that they are dropping Laura Ingalls Wilder's name from a prestigious literature award in order to distance the honor from what it was described as culturally insensitive portrayals in her books. You know, so we keep kind of changing things and trying to make things uh, politically correct. Uh, The problem with a lot of this, though, when we look at Christianity is Christianity is not politically correct. You know, not to say that we try to offend people just to offend people, but there are, there's only one God, and none of us are anywhere close to being Him. So, whenever we read the Bible, it should be something that convicts us. We should have, you know, when, when we see things, it should be, oh, yeah, I do that. I need to work on this. We, we have struggles, and I've got a little clip that's just words, but uh, speaking, you know, but it's, it's Ron White, so bear, uh, keep, <laughs> yeah, keep this in, uh, it's actually all clean, so everything's good, but here we go. So Ron White Yesterday for Yesterday I was sitting in a beanbag chair naked eating Cheetos, <laughs> and I was flipping through the television and I saw Robert Tilton, he's a televangelist from Dallas, and uh, he was staring at me. <laughs> he said this, he said, Are you lonely? (laughs) Yeah. He said, have you wasted half your life in bars pursuing sins of the flesh? This guy's good. (laughs) He said, are you sitting in a beanbag chair naked eating Cheetos? (laughs) Yes, sir! He said, do you feel the urge to get up and send me a thousand dollars? Close. I thought he was talking about me there for a second. Okay, so, um, you know, not to bash on anyone there with it, but it, that brings up a good point with it. You know, there are a lot of times that we can kind of read the Bible and go through and see things, and it's like, oh. You know, and, and the choice is ours then. Do we act on that, or do we change the channel? Do we just move on to something else? And so, if we are truly followers of Christ, we need to be able to change things in our lives that don't match up with what God wants. Um, 
So as we grow in our faith, we need to be more like Jesus. So going back to the two verses, you know, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. First part, you know, it's like nobody likes to be called out by somebody in front of others. Um, Verse 5 is talking about communication in a relationship. Um, You know, and the whole idea with it, it's, you know, like I said, nobody wants to be called out, but it's better to be called out than have hidden or secret love. You know, because when you stop and think, you know, hidden or secret love, that's where you don't know anything about it. Um, and it's one-sided. You know, there's, there's not a relationship there. So it's, uh, the idea of rebuke is ultimately not to belittle somebody or tear them down in front of others and say, oh, I'm better. But the whole idea with that is to correct and to make a person better. So in any relationship, hopefully we would be able to find people that try to make us better as people. Uh, now with this, I'm, I'm going to read uh, Matthew chapter 18, verses uh, 15 through 17. And this, this goes along with, this is actually Jesus talking about rebuke. And so it's actually a little different than what, what, we're having, what we have here in Proverbs. But it says, if your brother or sister sins... Go point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So... You know, while this passage is a little bit different than what Jesus is talking about, ultimately what they're saying, it's like, it's, it's better to, you know, if somebody is sincere, if somebody's trying to do the right thing, that's, that's better than them not caring at all. Um, verse 6, we see that you know, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. A sincere friend is not going to intentionally try to hurt you you know but it's like we can probably think and even in marriage relationship you have probably hurt your spouse at one point or another but not intentionally um you know a sincere friend is going to try to make you better you know but unfortunately some people lack tact um you know i mean that's just that's how it is you know some people just don't do well with it um but you know if you're going to go out somewhere and you look absolutely terrible you would want to know about it. You know, it's like, you know, and guys, I know that's kind of a hard thing when your wife says, you know, does, does this make me look fat or something? And, you know, it, it is a challenge. But um, kind of with that, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but, but with that, it's like I actually, um, I cut my hair last night. Um, but I couldn't do it on my own. Um, you know, I can, I, it's, it's kind of fun to do some of it. But getting it all straight in the back is something I'm not able to do on my own, so I have to have my wife's help. You know, she's happy to help me with it, but part of the reason she's happy to help me with it is I don't think she wants me to go out with my hair looking all crazy. Um, So, but, you know, she is able to help with it. Um, Ultimately, what I'm saying with this is a real friend is going to keep you from showing up on people of Walmart. 
Um, <laughs> um, you know, it's like a true friend is going to take care of you. And, you know, sometimes it may hurt, sometimes it may sting, but a true friend is going to try to take care of you and keep you from doing something utterly stupid, utterly terrible, and make things better. So, uh, you know, Proverbs 18.23 says, In the end, people appreciate honesty, or uh, I'm sorry, in the end, people appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. We, we need to speak the truth in love. So we need to be able to step up and do the right thing, you know, and, and it's hard sometimes because, you know, but with this, we have to be able to, to balance the two things of speaking the truth in love, being able to correct somebody when we need to, and then also the other side of that coin is we need to be able to accept, and I hate to say criticism, um, I really like, I really hate the word or phrase constructive criticism because it's criticism, no matter how you look at it, it's negative, you know, so it's like critique is maybe a better word for me with that. But, you know, we want to, the goal is to make people better. Um, hence the whole theme that we've had of better together. Um, you know, the problem with all of this is if we don't speak the truth and just kind of let things slide, people go on and don't really realize their own problems, you know, and you know, the Bible talk, or Jesus talked about, you know, the, you know, why do you mention the log in somebody's law or somebody's eye and not even mention, uh, notice the speck in your own, you know, so we have to be able to examine ourselves, but, you know, we try to make each other better. But if we don't do this, it kind of ends up like um, the emperor's new clothes. I don't know if you all have remember the story, but, you know, it's uh, Hans Christian Andersen. And so, it's a short story. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to read just a little bit of it. The emperor, uh, many years ago, there was an emperor so exceedingly fond of new clothes that he spent all of his money on being well-dressed. He cared nothing about reviewing his soldiers, going to the theater, or going for a ride in his carriage except to show off his new clothes. He had a coat for every hour of the day, and instead of saying, as one might about any other ruler, in the kings or the kings in council, here they would always say, "The emperor's in his dressing room." In the great city where he lived, life was always gay. Every day, many strangers came to town, and among them, one day came two swindlers. They let it be known that they were weavers, and they said that they could weave the most magnificent fabrics imaginable. Not only were their colors and patterns uncommonly fine, but clothes made of this cloth had a wonderful way of becoming invisible to anyone who was unfit for his office or who was unusually stupid. So the king bought into this, or the emperor. You know, it's like, oh, well, yeah, I, you know, if I wear these clothes, I'm going to find out who's, who's not worthy of their position and who's really just not there. And so he buys into it. Well, these two weavers... They keep working and they're doing all this stuff and they're actually doing nothing, but you know, everybody buys into it. And so then the day comes that you know, the emperor tries on his new clothes and it's like, oh, that is wonderful. You know, and everybody is afraid to speak up and bring up the, the glaring problem with it. 
uh, because they think they'll be seen as stupid or you know unworthy of anything. And so everybody marvels marvels at how wonderful those new clothes are, and you know they have this big procession where he goes out in front of the whole crowd. And everybody marvels and claps and goes on. And so finally a little boy speaks up and says, but he's not wearing any clothes. You know, and then they are like, well, uh, how can you say that? And it's like, well, no, he's, you know. And so finally everybody kind of realizes and, and speaks up. It's like, yeah, there's a problem here. And at this point, the emperor realized he's been had. You know, the two guys are gone at that point with all their money and everything. But the emperor says he, sh- uh, the emperor shivered, for he suspected that they were right. But he thought, this procession has to go on. So he walked more proudly than ever. And his noble- noblemen held high the train that wasn't even there. So at that point, you know, it was too late. And he just kept going with it. And... If we are true friends, if we truly have right relationships, we need to be able to speak the truth in love. You know, we, we need to be able to, to keep people from doing that. You know, if, if it was today, yes, he would be people of Walmart or something like that. You know, it's like that would, he would show up. Uh, true friends are going to keep people from being in situations like that. And, you know, the thing is, we are all humans. We all make mistakes. There are times that we don't respond correctly, either in pointing out an error that somebody else has or when we hear that we have an error. But we need to be able to act properly with it. Um, We need to be able to respond in a right way when giving or receiving correction. And with that, we need to be able to realize it goes both ways. So the goal is not to tear people down. The goal is to encourage and make each other better and then ultimately with it, improve the kingdom of God. So we go on with it. Um, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 in the New Living Translation states, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. So when you think about it, if somebody, if you really love somebody, you're going to speak up. You know, it's like if you really don't love somebody, it's like, oh, yeah, they're a good guy, but, man, I'm not, gonna, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. There's a problem with that. You know, we need to be able to speak out. We need to be able to make a difference. And then also if we're receiving some of that, we need to be able to look at it and see, okay, where's this person coming from? Because, yeah, it stings sometimes. You know, nobody likes to be wrong. But, you know, if we can make things better, you know, that's part of it. So when we are a true friend to others, we are truly better together. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we are able to come into your presence. We thank you for the time that we are able to spend here. And Father, I ask that you would be with us and help us to truly have right relationships. Help us to love one another and help us to be able to speak the truth. But Father, I pray that you would help us to be able to do it in a loving way. I pray that 
you know, if we've wronged somebody, that we would be able to correct it and that you would open our eyes. Help us to be more like you in every aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, we've got the band back up here. And so, uh, if you have some kind of decision that you need to make today, um, you know, if you need to join the church or you need to get your relationship right with God, um, Paul is over here on this side and I'll be on this side. But if you need to talk to somebody or if you just need to pray, pray with somebody, um, this is an opportunity for you. So, thank you.